Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Marie. Hi, everyone. So friends, today we are jumping on quite a hot topic that, you know what, we talked a little bit about AI, I don't know, months ago. And basically what we talked about was we're not ready to talk about it yet. <laughs> we were like, give us a minute. When chat GPT was really like hitting the mainstream and became part of the collective conversation in more than just classrooms, but especially in classrooms, especially in English language arts classrooms, we said, you know what? We're going to talk about this, but we need a minute. We want to yep. see how the dust settles a little bit. We want to see, you know, like what happens over the next several months. And we're not still quite there on exactly how we see things. I mean, I we have ideas, I think, individually of where we see AI in the classroom really changing a lot of the landscape of education in a lot of positive ways and maybe in some negative ways, but like forcing some uncomfortable evolution. But today we want to talk to you about four ways to use it for good that are exciting they are probably new to many of you, but also I think can become quite a staple and just really good ways to like train students to use AI powers for good and not evil. That's the real trick, right? Is I think right. we, when we first talked about AI, we kind of took the stance of don't panic. Right. <laughs> like, just that's give it a minute. Yeah. Give it a minute. We've given it lots of minutes. And I think that we've been shaking out a lot of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. And the overriding fact is that it's here to stay. Yeah. I mean, it's... This is part of our students' future. I mean, it's that's it. Yes. To me, it goes along the lines of every technological advancement. Not every, but many technological advancements that become a part of the everyday When I started teaching in 2007, like in my first classroom, there was a policy at my school where students were not allowed to, like, if you saw a cell phone, you could confiscate it. We'll unpack all the ramifications of that kind of like, you know, intrusion of uh, privacy later. But I never felt comfortable with that policy. And I actually don't think I ever upheld that policy, which was probably also problematic because I didn't have tenure, but I just hid behind it because I was like, what does that teach them other than to be sneaky? So I instead took the, I don't know, philosophy or the practice, uh, basically the mindset of like, if I have my phone on me all the time, this is 2007, right? Then students should probably have theirs as well or like it's not practical and it's not realistic that they're not going to have technology on them and they now you know how many years later it's not like oh yeah remember cell phones 
No, yeah, those were a thing. Like, no, they're here all the time. And so it, it rather than not having them at all and like not allowing them at all. There are definitely a place in time for cell phones, especially in a classroom or in a place of work or anywhere. But there's something to be said for learning how to live with them responsibly and be able to interact. And I do not have all the secrets. Please don't come for me. I get it. I'm also a mom who has children who want to be on their devices. And I myself, I'm a human being who gets sucked into my devices. So like, it's very much a part of being a person. But we're not sitting here saying, remember when cell phones were a thing? No. No, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. They're not, no, it's, they're here to stay. And we. And so is AI. And that's a perfect analogy because now we need to adjust and move forward together, not in this kind of like head to head, we're going to let this be another fight. Right. right. Like there, there are a lot of battles that we are facing in the education community for what's just and what's right. And we need to figure out how this does not need to be another one of those fights. No, it really doesn't. So let's talk about some different ways to use AI for good with our students specifically. We have some other things I'm sure that we could talk about. Actually, you know what? Hey, sidebar, Amanda, no one knows we're talking right now. Yeah. Sidebar. Um, we should do a collabisode and get some of our friends of the podcast and our listeners like best tips for AI as a teacher. Okay. So yeah, we'll just put that one on. Okay. No one heard us. Okay. So back into the podcast, you know what I think now it's time for cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. talk about using AI powers for good or teaching our students to use AI powers for good. I feel like we should start with the bad and the ugly and then move into the good. Okay. Thoughts. Okay. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get everything out of the way. I mean, and as Amanda was saying in the intro, a lot of the knee jerk reaction, I'm going to say from a lot of our teaching peers, especially, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that this didn't go through my head, that AI specifically when it comes to writing is just a cheater's dreamscape. (laughs) Like it just, for kids, especially in higher levels, like in AP and honors courses, just because they're an AP or an honors course does not make them not a kid anymore. And kids are going to push the envelope, biologically speaking. They are going to try to figure out this does not make them good. This does not make them bad. This does not make them anywhere in between because there's no judgment on the fact that from an evolutionary standpoint, children push the envelope (laughs) to try to see and to try to learn what their boundaries are. Even when you've explained them to them, they're going to try to learn their boundaries. And so, yeah, I've had kids cheating with AI in my classroom as well. And I've got some different like, you know, tricks and hacks and ways and like AI checkers and that sort of thing when it comes to writing, especially for older kids. But it oddly enough, hasn't solved the problem, has it? So I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I've got, I've got another analogy that may or may not be helpful. Are we we ready for this? Yeah. Yes. Okay. At time of recording, 
I have two young children. They are five and uh, six and five, five and six. And I have slowly been learning this lesson of all behavior is communication. Yes. The ledge here is that I see this very closely mirroring those kinds of behaviors in the classroom. Sure. I am trying very hard to, I guess not, not, I'm not in the classroom at, at this particular moment, but this was happening before I left. Whenever I found kids plagiarize something, right. Be it, be it AI or anything in my early years, I took it incredibly personally. Right. And like, that's where we're talking about, like in the beginning, like not having this be another thing that drains you when these things make you take it personally, or, you know, you are feeling so deeply hurt that a child would do this to you in your course on this assignment that you created and put up all these preventative measures, which is completely understandable. Like I have to interrupt Amanda for a second. I did it. Absolutely understand because we pour ourselves into it. Yes. And these assignments are the children of our brains like we've imagined them we have sat there saying oh my gosh these kids can learn so much from this and then when they cheat you're like what the hell man like but like i worked so hard for you not to that sucks and that's like full circle back to parenting right like i've done all these things for you how could you do x y and z to me and like I've learned as a parent of young kids that they're not doing it to mm-hmm. me. That the circumstances, the environment, the pressures, the developing state of their brain is so it's just it's just so vulnerable and so fickle that I think that's a huge part of this conversation is we have to be able to recognize that even though this is your baby. The child is not doing this to you and the pressures of AI are also social pressures, right? Absolutely. Yes. It's creating an environment where kids feel like even more, they have to keep up like, you know, so-and-so is doing this to get ahead and this and this. It's, it's so complicated that the more I think our emotions take over negatively, the harder this problem will be to solve. That was my very long walk of getting there, but I think it's it's an emotional topic for people. Also a difference between a kid doing it once because they are pushing a boundary, maybe even twice, right? You know, fool me once, shame on me or shame on you, whatever, shame on me. But like when you've got a repeat offender, then that's something else. Sometimes that has to do with like, that's a whole nother ball of wax. That is a kid who is trying to get by. That is a kid who cannot keep up. Like there's something else to be addressed there. We're talking about the helping kids learn a lesson, you know, kids are going to screw up. I hope that they screw up somewhere like school where they've got a safety net. And if you're here and you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure that you're one of us and you are there to help kids and to be that safety net. But also safety net doesn't mean doormat. It means safety net. And it means learning the hard lessons with a soft place to land. Yes. All of the things that we've always said. That said, There are also some ways, just like with a cell phone, like I was saying in the intro, to be responsible 
And then there are ways to be irresponsible. And we want to curb the behavior towards the responsible and to understand. I mean, that's that whole like, you know, digital citizenship, like all, all of that jargon is exactly what we're talking about here, having to do with responsibly using artificial intelligence in an educational setting. And in a, I mean, anywhere, because these kids are going to leave our classrooms at some point in time and hopefully have jobs and hopefully do things. And I'm hoping that they can come up with their own content and information and not be using artificial intelligence for things because it is going to catch up to them at some point in time. It is going to catch up to them. And if we can't help them by embracing it and showing them the right ways to use it and positive ways to use it and teaching them how a product will look one way with this approach and one way with another, it's it's one more thing for us to handle. 100%. Right, 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 right. It would it's going to get rocky to not handle it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's going to get rocky. Like it's nothing is going to be cut and dry. There's going to be yeah. a lot of muddiness and that's okay because that's just what rather than like head in the sand, la, 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 la. I would rather. And okay. There's two reactions I could have, which are head in the sand, la, 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 or okay, then I'm going to do this, 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 and like jump on all of the things Oh. And I and I'm not I'm not dogging any of the like because we've got some good friends who had some great solutions out there because people are really panicking. This comes back to the don't panic. Try some right. stuff. So today we've got the stuff to try. We've got some things to try that we think can help. And we think also it all goes back to your classroom community being able to have open, honest conversations with kids. I mean, I feel like Marie and I both have very similar personalities. A lot of this is based on your personality, but I feel like Marie and I are the kind of people who are going to pull a kid aside and say, it's funny that this doesn't sound like you. Let's talk about it. Like, I don't think that there needs to be a scary, threatening policy in your syllabus. I don't think there needs to be, there, there probably needs to be like a collective understanding amongst teachers and admin for like you said, those are repeat offenders or for people who really are expressing a behavior that's showing that they can't comprehend and they're only whatever, like that's fine. But moving forward, I think it's let's embrace it and let's talk about how we can do other things to move forward. I'm going to say a caveat. I don't have, think it has to be a big, scary policy, but it does need to be. There does need to be something uh, like uh, clear policy. communication from the get-go simply because we can't unlearn the lessons we've learned as educators having to do with AI in our classrooms, right? And our students are going to push. Like all of the things that we've already said are true. Therefore, they need to know what's right and what's wrong. And this is right. what happens when you do something wrong. And here's how I'm going to help you learn that lesson. Mm-hmm. But also you did something wrong. <laughs> like there are consequences to your actions, full stop. Hopefully you can learn those consequences here where they're a little softer. Okay. Well, and I hope that you can, you can go through that process with other teachers. Yes. And yes, with this your is- admin. you don't, you don't have to do this alone. This doesn't have to be you alone in your classroom facing this problem every day. Cause that's exhausting. Right. But what we do have is four things for you to try where you can practice that healthy and positive relationship with AI and with just the internet full stop in a way that will be productive for your classroom. Okay. Let's get into it. Shall we? Four ways to use AI for good. And these are going to be like different platforms and then kind of like how we use the platforms. Let's just start cats out of the bag. Chat GPT. Yeah. I love ChatGPT. You know what? I don't hate it. I, I, I've definitely like tried it out for even like content creation, you know, like Instagram and stuff. Oh. Like give me a content calendar. And it's like super basic. You can see where the pitfalls are. 
Sure. Because it's, and I don't say basic in a pejorative sense. I mean basic like it's everything that other people have already done because it has to be things that people have already done in order for artificial intelligence to come up with it. It has to have already been done. Yes. So, yeah. That's and I, as kind of a punk, like wa- I want things to be, you know, unique to a fault sometimes. So chat GPT though is great in my classroom. Here's how I have used it. I have had, and this was not, this was something that was written by a friend of mine who teaches, we went to high school the other, and she teaches at one of the schools in my district, but we wrote our ethnic lit course together, like with a group. And she wrote this amazing lesson where we have one of our units students watch a series of films all about resistance. And then they have to choose one of the films to write a movie review, Mm. like an analytical film review having to do with a lot of the topics that we've been talking about because it's like one of our later units in the course. And so she said, I'm going to do a little experiment. And she had the kids plug in half of the assignment was having students create the prompt for chat GPT to see if it would come up with what they were looking for. Right. So it was like about writing the chat GPT request basically. Uh And, and so it's like, so we, so we went through and that actually tied into some different research things we were talking about with like advanced Google searching and different sorts of queries, right? Like the way that you talk to a computer is a different language than mm-hmm. you think it needs to be. So that's a whole lesson there, right? That that in and of itself is like you could spend yep. a week on it. Um, but so this activity, this, this assignment had students craft a prompt in chat GPT asking it to write a film review and analysis And like we gave like specific criteria, it had to be a positive or a negative review. And then they had to give the three reasons that they thought it was a positive or a negative review and then see what the computer came up with, basically. Then it was cool, right? So it took their – so basically they had to come up with the ideas and the outline. They had chat GPT write it and then they talked about how – to what extent basically each of their three – Ding, ding, mm-hmm. ding. What extent? Each of, their, each of their three criteria, like what worked and what didn't, what they would have put or what they didn't think of that the computer did. Yeah. I so, love that. I did too. It was cool. I, they were seniors. So, that, I mean, this is pretty high level, right? Like, but it was a cool way to still make them do the work, but then see possibilities and yes. use this. It's a tool. It's it's a technological cool. advancement. It's a tool. Why walk when you could drive is basically where we're starting to go with this. <laughs> and so here they are. So I love ChatGPT. ChatGPT came into the world after I was in the classroom. So I want to share ideas that I have that I think I would try, and maybe you will try them, that are pretty cool. So one is more like a did you know? Did you know? that in ChatGPT, you can make spreadsheets. I did. Okay, I didn't know that for a while, but that was like a huge time-saving game changer that I thought was really interesting. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you can, whatever you're asking from chat or whatever students are asking from chat, if they want to 
organize it somehow. You can, in your prompt, tell chat, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need. Can you put these things in column one and call it this, column two and call it this. And you could ask, direct it into columns or rows for what you're looking for so that the output can provide you like a place for students to compare or students to see right side by side. Like maybe like we're looking at movie reviews from multiple different points of view. Like I were looking at this movie, I need three reviews in right. These other columns. So it's kind of nice to see things in a column layout every now and again. So that was a, that's your, did you know, did you know the other lesson that I have not done, but I have talked to a teacher on Instagram who shared doing it with her students. So I'm like, I love this. I'm very sorry, but I can't remember who it was. She used it for a tone exercise. And so she had students paste into the, into chat. Um, I think that she was doing song lyrics. Like the students picked a song that they really liked. And then she had the prompts for chat were to rewrite the song with a tone of blank. And then the chat would rewrite it, changing the tone of voice. And the kids would change it again, change it again, change it again, and like refine, 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 refine. So like they're doing all of that work, tweaking and refining like the prompt, but really they're reading, rereading and rereading and rereading and making these little minute adjustments in their head and really trying to get to a specific tone that matches the text. It was so cool. And that was just, that was a brilliant way to use ChatGPT. Uh, another way that I have not yet tried, but talked to a couple of my friends at school about is using it for voice exercises, because you can mm. ask it to write something in the voice of William Shakespeare or in the style, right? Voice or style. And then, like, if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, look at, okay, so this is what Chat GPT wrote, you know, a sonnet to California burritos in the style of William Shakespeare. And now let's look at <laughs> Shakespearean sonnets and see, like, what works and what doesn't. Or, like, you know, what do you notice? It could just be a big old, what do you notice? Yeah, those are cool ideas. Okay. The next thing, the number two in our four ways to use AI for good uh, uses Canva, which is like everybody's favorite. I saw the funniest TikTok about that one friend who is obsessed with Canva. And like, it was these like college kids and they're like, oh, we have a project. Okay, I'm going to make a Canva. And it's like an an invitation to like work on their project. And like, oh, we're going to meet for lunch. Okay, I'll make a Canva. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Her dog died. (laughs) Yes, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I, I think I sent it to you. I posted it on Instagram the other day. It's hilarious. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where I came from then. I love those guys. They are so, so funny. funny. So let's talk about Canva and Magic Write and all of that good stuff. I love using Canva to help my students, especially in like my theater tech class when we're looking at the business of theater and we're looking at marketing and they're creating like marketing materials. I like to have them use magic, right? To like put it, it, a lot of it comes down, I'm realizing as I say this out loud, a lot of this comes down to helping students write clear prompting. Yes. That's a lot of it. That's a bit, well, which is a writing lesson. So, which is a writing lesson. <laughs> 100%. And Canva keeps, they're invested in AI. So they're going to keep with the tools coming out. My dream lesson that I have yet to teach one day, like this is, are you ready for it? I don't know. Am I? I think so. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Have you played with the magic, the image one, the image creator? Uh, Yeah. Okay. A little bit. 
So in Canva, you can't, I was thinking about, I was trying to gonna do this like live with you so I could actually give you the prompts. Okay, so I'm going to create a design. Okay. Whatever, doesn't matter what size. And then, uh, so it's in, oh, this one's creepy. They have an uh, under apps. There's one called Hey Jen. It's AI avatars. You can create a talking head avatar that speaks the script that you type in. That's creepy. It's super weird. I mean, weird it's, it's cool, really, but it's also like. No, it's not very good, but it's really funny. Like, I think it'd be really funny for a, a okay. project if you were to like make it a character and then have the character speak. I think that would be hilarious. That would be really funny. I like that. That's fun. Like you, right. Using. Okay. That's, that's fun and dumb. That's just dumb enough. Right. Okay. Yeah. So image AI, what do they call it? AI image gen. Okay. AI image gen is the Canva one that I've been using or imagine I M a G E N. So this is all under the apps function in Canva. So I'm opening up imagine right now. And basically what you do is you submit a text prompt to generate images. ChatGPT can do this too. You'll, you'll get different results. I think that the AI one in Canva is pretty good. So let's think about this as an assignment. I would love to have students use this to recreate a scene from reading, but they don't get to use their books. They have to use just the, the prompting, right? Yeah. And then they have to keep like adjusting it to get the picture right. Cause the picture won't be right. And they're going to have to keep like changing and changing and changing the language. So let's, I'm going to think about like, um, what were we talking about before? What's a great scene from a text that we, we could chat about. Um, Gatsby's shirts. Ooh. Okay. So I would say a girl sitting on a bed surrounded by tons of colorful shirts while crying. It's also a grammar lesson because the crying uh-huh. part might be in the wrong spot. <laughs> and then you hit generate. So should I put this in the show notes, my results? Yes, I, absolutely. You I will should. put the, or the results. I'll take a, a screenshot. Oh, see, something I typed in resulted in content that doesn't meet our policies. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, probably because you said a girl sitting on a bed. Oh, girl. You nasty. You nasty. Surrounded by colorful shirts. Crying. Okay, I'm leaving the grammar weird on purpose. Let's see what we get this time. Because this could be really fun. And then, like, and then, like, once, right, everyone's got, even if everyone used the same prompt, right, like, kind of comparing the images together. Yeah, it's still, it's still getting mad at me. Okay, well, I'll play around with this afterwards, and I'll, I'll type up a disclaimer in the show notes. But that's Imagine. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And creepy. About- a lot of the human ones are very weird. Like there's extra eyeballs. Okay. and like- Oh, I can't wait yeah. for that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's oh, that's coming. something my life has been missing. Thank you. <laughs> An extra eyeball? Yeah. Okay. Number three. Where were we going? Me. That's me. I'm up. You're that's up. my turn. Yep. Okay. Here's another tool. Could turn into a disaster. So <laughs> you need be warned. With- <laughs> use with the right group of students okay it's called character.ai okay are you going there now so you can I, see it i mean you know i am so character.ai friends, friends little- who are new to the podcast you can see now how we are pretty i mean we plan these episodes but they're pretty off the cuff this is, this is happening okay so this one is based on i 
the way it was created from the, what I read about it is the idea of helping writers get into character. So like you can, there are AI generated characters here that you can have a conversation with. So you can like, like when you open it up, like Albert Einstein is one of the options here, right? So I can click on Albert Einstein and then basically like it's kind of like a chat GPT window opens up and I can start having this conversation and the AI, the bot, is posing as this character. And so some are better than others, but the right. idea would be, right, like the more you talk to it, the more you train it, the better the conversation gets. And it could be really, I think if you're doing creative writing, if you're doing narrative, yes. if you're doing something like that, even even if the quality is not there, the idea would be to see where the conversation went well or even where it didn't go well. And when kids recognize that AI narrative conversations are lacking. That's a great reflection for them when they're doing their sure. own learning dialogue. I feel like this would be a great exercise in revision, like have a bad conversation, print it out, and then let's take a freaking red pen and, and fix and it. Fix yeah. It. Well, yes. I can have conversation with Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh, so. Or librarian Linda. Or Socrates. Or campfire girl tabiki so it's or psychologist full stop right so just be warned but also have fun i mean that's the thing it's like even even if things get weird <laughs> that's kind of the point right like that's that's yeah. what we need to learn about ai is that things might get weird i will definitely say i mean and this goes without saying however i'm going to the number of disclaimers, like I just clicked on William Shakespeare and at the top in red, it says, remember, everything characters say is made up. Like, <laughs> remember, remember. So yes, use this at your own discretion. Use your professional filter here. But this is cool. I like the idea. I mean, we talk a lot about like bringing, you know, areas of light and creative writing is one of those. So how cool is this to be able to get into the head of a character. Very cool. Yeah. I think for, especially for ELA, it would be really, it would be really cool. I think yeah. you could get chat to do it too. I think you need to take some time really training chat on yeah. who she is, which you probably don't have time for. So this would be really fun. Okay. The last one is also goofy, but less terrifying as long as your kids are going to type appropriate things into it. So <laughs> it's a big this online. one, <laughs> I will also link some examples for you in the show notes and Marie and I are going to play around with it. This one I found, uh, I will also link the person who I found this. He's a teacher on Instagram. I think he's in the UK. And he shared about this a couple of months ago. This AI tool is called Riffusion, R-I-F-F-U-S-I-O-N. And it creates musical riffs. <gasps> so it's text to song with a okay. beat. Oh my gosh. Um, it is so much fun. Marie, I made one for us. Okay. Which we may or may not have used for our five day challenge. I'm really hoping that you like it. I'm playing it for you. I'm going to play it for you live here on the podcast. I don't know how good this is going to be. I'm going to play it from my phone into my mic. I will put a different version of it out into the world. That's probably hopefully better. This is okay. so weird. <laughs> Are you ready? This is yeah. the best I could do. I'm like so nervous now. I hope you like it. I hope you like it. Mm. Grab your teacher bestie. It's time to plan your year. Leave more pages empty. Welcome to BNT. <laughs> Tell me <laughs> that's not the coolest thing you've ever heard. That was so unhinged. What? What? 
what in the Grab world? Your teacher bestie. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so wait, you can like choose. I wrote the lyrics. I wrote the lyrics, and then, and then you chose I, the type me. of sound. I did. It create like automates a couple, and then you can start to refine it from there. It's okay. twelve seconds. It's like you don't get a whole song, but I got the riff. Uh, so fun! It is so fun, and like so, the teacher who shared it, he teaches elementary. So I think what he was using it for was creating like memorable jingles for things that kids were trying to memorize. You know, like uh-huh. I don't know, like bones or something like that. And it was really cool. Or and, oh, no, oh no, it was MLA formatting. That's what it was. He was talking about the left hand side of the page and like whatever underlining something like that. That is uh, so, so fun. It was really cute as a teacher tool, and then I think for students to have to write a like a miniature theme song for something like I you mean, only have five to 20 characters. That's it. There's something it's to so be short. said for this whole song situation, because I was just thinking the other day as my children were singing the song about like the 50 nifty United yeah, States, States from 13 original, original colonies. colonies. Yep. I, I was like, Oh wait, I also remember <laughs> my uh, high school French teacher helped us remember this list of verbs and she did it to, is it dun 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 What is that actual song? I don't know what that is, but I do think this would be really fun to play around with. And I would love to know what our audience is thinking about using that. I'm sure I know, I know there's a couple of you driving right now who are like, I already know what I'm going to do with this. Yeah, no, for sure you do. And that's just so fun. I like, I even like psychology, like I could see like an AP psych class using this to like look at memory and that sort of a thing. And this is really cool. Okay. I feel like I need to write one for Space Cat maybe. Oh, yes, you should. That's exactly what you should do. It's not really that hard to remember, but it would be really hilarious and probably really annoying to get stuck in your head if you played it on repeat for children. That would be a great punishment for anyone who's caught cheating with using AI is punished to a corner with headphones and has to listen to the same 12 second terrible riff on repeat for 20 minutes about space cat. See all in for good powers for good. Yes. All right, friends. Well, there you have it. We've got just our thoughts on AI and where we see this going and where we plan to go with AI and then four different tools to use some AI powers for good with your students. We will definitely be coming back sometime in the very near future with some ideas for how it can make your teacher life easier and maybe even, you know, AI outsource some of the tasks that you just don't need to be spending your time on. Uh, I'm excited about that. So if you have some ideas for that, please send them our way so that we can compile them into a little collaboration episode on AI powers for good in a teacher's life. Until then, I want to say thank you for joining us. If you have a moment, head over to iTunes, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It will help others find the podcast, become part of the Brave New Teaching community, maybe even join Happy Hour. We are having a lot of fun over in happy hour, poetry, March madness, all the things. And there are some really great resources coming your way. If you're a member of happy hours. So get excited update. I was able to get shirts flying out of a closet to work. Um, Oh, you know what? I was really worried. So thank you for updating while we were still in this episode. 
I wasn't listening to what you said. So no I was, yeah, <laughs> I that you were just blinking while I was talking. I really want to have a final <laughs> result to share with the people. Okay. Well, head to the um, show notes, everybody. Forget everything else I said, but head to the show notes. You're going to see not a girl on a bed because that's inappropriate, but shirts something. flying out of a closet. You know. I'm personally waiting with bated breath for her to share her screen with me. <laughs> so while that all happens, should we say goodbye to our friends? We should. It was nice talking to you today. Absolutely. All right, friends. Have a great week at school. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 